You're listening to Passing Notes, discussions on education in Danville, an official podcast of the Danville Public School System. Raising a child in today's world is difficult and can be a little bit complicated. So every week we'll discuss hot button topics that they didn't teach you about in school with advice from regional experts. Today, we're talking about the wide variety of services offered in our area to assist families in need. From homework help to housing assistance, there are so many ways to find help when you need it in our community. Here's your host, Dr. Angela Harrison. Hi, everyone. I'm Angela Harrison, superintendent of the Danville Public Schools, and it's great to be back. I have two phenomenal women here today, and I would like to start out with a few introductions. Amanda Oaks and Dr. Mara Tutt. Amanda, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hello everyone, my name is Amanda Oaks and I'm the Director of Prevention Services at Danville, Pennsylvania Community Services. Hi, I'm Dr. Marva Tutt, Director of Student Support Services for Danville Public Schools. Great, great, great. These women are humble. They usually have (laughs) folks that like to go on for a little while about themselves and you all are right there to the point. Well today we want to talk about um, services and specifically wrap around services. Mm -hmm. Now when I was a young girl I wore bell-bottom pants and uh, last year my daughters informed me that bell-bottom pants were back in style and I uh, they call them big leg or wide leg pants and and I thought about that when I saw the term wraparound services (laughs) again Uh, because uh, early in my days of teaching wraparound services were it was a popular term and became very popular throughout the community. So I thought about how sometimes things uh, that have been with us for a while, they, they go away and then they come back or they mm-hmm. lose uh, popularity. But this concept um, never really lost popularity. I think it, it shifted and changed a little bit over time. And so I want to um, invite each of you to talk about wraparound services because to most people it sounds sort of like a social services mm-hmm. lingo type yeah. thing and and oftentimes people are confused about the meaning of wraparound services um, especially when uh, um, and I don't want to date myself so I, I won't tell you my age but <laughs> and, and when I started teaching but in my early years how um, we, we viewed wraparound services. So Amanda, could you we start with yeah. you and just talk a little bit about uh, what does this really mean? Well, I think for us at Danville Pennsylvania Community Services, wraparound services means really meeting the individual, whether it's a student or parent or family, or even our community as a whole, just meeting them where they're at in that moment or time and um, assessing what are the things that they need that would um, help them to thrive and succeed in life and being able to either provide those services to meet the needs or to connect them with the services that are available um, to help them in thriving and succeeding. And so it may it may look different. It could for for different students or different individuals, the needs are, are very different for the community even. You know, we do a lot of um, community needs assessments 
and um, try to bring the services that our community needs or provide the services. So, yeah. So, it's not like a one size fits all. It's, it sounds more individual. Yes. Uh, in nature, uh, determining uh, where, where kids are, where families are. Mm-hmm. And, Dr. Tuck, you're with the school system. You're right here with us. And uh, knowing a little bit about you, you served as a teacher, a principal. Uh, district office leader at this time. From the school perspective, school district, tell us a little bit about your work and how you uh, uh, see wraparound services supporting children. Okay, so going back to something you said earlier about services, some things just come back around. And so I think about community schools and how that was very popular. Mm -hmm. And my mom was a principal at the first community school in Augusta and they really tried to do everything they could to bring all the services in for the children the arts the dance um, taking them out on field trips and things of that nature and like you said it kind of phased out and then it came back around but wraparound services always reminds me of Harlem Children's Zone in New York Um, and I also worked for a nonprofit in DC area DC Promise Neighborhood Initiative where they used a school in the community as a hub they didn't have students there but they used it as a hub to service all all of the needs in that community so they had um, like legal services came in about twice a month to meet with people to talk about rental assistance eviction and that sort of thing Um, they also had um, tutoring programs where they targeted the children in that particular neighborhood and they had a really professional guy come in and he did performances with them so I think about wraparound services as a way to be a place in the community where everybody can come and have their needs met. So like you said, it could be the dramatic arts, it could be um, mental health. We're trying to do some really good things with DCPS in terms of mental health. Um, I just think of it as a place where you can, a one-stop shop where you can, I know it will be differentiated, but you can stop and get all your needs met in one place. And that's sort of what you're building over there at at, uh, Woodrow Wilson. I'm trying. Uh, Yeah, on, on North Main. And and working with um, various agencies to provide individual support for students because we know that what we've recognized over time is equity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Equity and having access to things uh, does look different for every single uh, child. So considering, you know, we we are good about getting into um, initials and things, but DPCS, How long is DPCS, the Dam of Pennsylvania County? Do you know how long it's been around? Or well, we're actually celebrating our 50th year oh anniversary gosh. this year. Can you believe yes. it? Wow! Yeah. So a, a very stable uh, support system and a partner for the school system. So specifically, mm-hmm. um, more individually, uh, for your agency. Tell me about some services uh, that are frequented by by community members and students and parents. Mm-hmm. Um, services that have, have proven to be successful over time. Yeah, so it's hard to go into great detail about all the services that is offered by Danville, Pennsylvania Community Services. I think the easiest way to give you a brief description is to uh, be aware that there are three different service divisions within our organization. There's the Behavioral Health Division that provides mental health and substance abuse or substance misuse disorders, serves those that have those diagnoses. There's the developmental services that is working 
with individuals in our community that have developmental disabilities or intellectual disabilities. And then there's the prevention um, services. That's my area of expertise. And in prevention services, we're working with families and individuals, youth, and the community to prevent those problem behaviors or reduce mental health, suicide, truancy, dropping out, um, adversities. Um, so we're focusing on those risks and pr protective factors. But to uh, give a little bit more detail about the services that are offered in our behavior health and developmental services, we have crisis services. We provide treatment, which can be clinical, therapy. We also have medical services, so we have nurses and psychiatrists. We have uh, school-based counselors, which you all are aware of. We provide case management groups. We also provide housing and supportive services to individuals with developmental delays and mental health issues. Um, in prevention, we provide parenting, um, home visiting services, which is our Healthy Families program. We have school-based services, uh, which we'll talk probably more about, behavior supports at GW High School. We do some um, groups at the RISE Academy. We do OWLS Pals in our preschool and Head Start you know, in the community. Um, also in prevention, there's a lot of free training opportunities in mental health first aid, adverse childhood experiences. Um, there's a training that we provide called More Than Sad and Assist. Um, we also in prevention do a lot of presentations, events, and that can be uh, family day events or gizmo events. Um, I think we did one of those at school field that's just getting students to talk about mental health and feelings with their parents. And um, also we provide Medicaid enrollment assistance, which is a really valuable service to help families get access to insurance to help pay okay. for these okay. these needed services. So, uh, Amanda, let me ask you a, a couple of questions, mm -hmm. and, and maybe you could expand uh, on this for our audience. I, this sounds like a lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a yes. lot of, of, of opportunities for parents uh, to, to receive support. Mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes, you have parents who are, are seeking support about behavior, uh, they have multiple children and they're, they're mm -hmm. trying to figure out all of this uh, homework that they have to do and these behaviors that seem to get in the way because we, we know that all children uh, will and can be successful. Uh, what happens oftentimes, however, there are things that uh, get in their way. Uh, we've all experienced that. And, and sometimes parents are frustrated. Mm -hmm. They're not sure how to establish bedtime. They're not sure how to get good eating habits going, uh, those kinds of things. And I heard you say uh, uh, a reference parenting mm -hmm. classes. Mm -hmm. And I also um, tuned in when you mentioned prevention mm -hmm. because we know uh, an ounce of prevention mm -hmm. is worth a pound of cure. What are three things that you would advise parents to think about um, when trying to ensure the children are school ready and ready every day to learn and 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 be a positive uh, influence on their classrooms, what what are some things that you see coming through your office that you wish you could say to parents? If you would just do these three things, 
it would help so much. Yeah, I think the first thing is just spending time. Mm, time, Time, yes. um, you know, I say time, but really quality time with their child just really making, um, taking a few moments, if if not a little bit more. We say dinner time is the best time, if possible, to sit down and eat and use that as an opportunity to talk about the things that are important that's going on, whether it's things within your family that need to be discussed or school. Oftentimes that's a great time to have conversations about school and what's going on. Um, it, it doesn't have to be at the dinner table. It could be going down the road, on the After way. After we've gone through the drive-thru. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. It could be. I had flashbacks. <laughs> and I know that a lot of times they've got their earbuds, in, the, ear, yeah. the AirPods in, or they're on the phones. But really just taking time to to stop and have conversations with them, engage them, ask them you know, how things are going and what's important, you know, to them, um, help help them to prepare, you know, for school for the next day or, you know, get them to be thinking about what are those things that they need to be doing. And I think it's important for them to have routines. I think you mentioned routines. I know that that can be challenging in a busy household or or in a home where you might have a lot of stressors going on, that it's hard to to make those routines, but that is um, that is beneficial. We know that parents who are engaged with schools, advocating for their child, or talking with the principals and the teachers, the student's going to be more successful, yes. and so that's key. And we love our parent facilitators in each of our schools. They really have calendar events and opportunities for for parent engagement. One of the topics I saw most recently in a uh, parent-facilitated program was Mm self-care. I think parents oftentimes get so stressed and and, um, they forget to to Mm self-care. And if you have those routines where those babies are going to bed on at a certain time, you can take a nice warm Mm -hmm. bath and and, um, and certainly relax a little mm-hmm. bit so you're not so stressed as a parent. So those are excellent. Taking time, uh, even if it's going down the highway after the drive-through. Yes, and then, yes. Um, and, and, of course, uh, helping. So, so Dr. Tut, we oftentimes see uh, children, parents are, are really doing their very best to navigate this busy life, and we've become busier over the years. I'm, I'm not really sure why, but we have. We have... Uh, schedules, we have after school programs, mm-hmm. soccer, all these activities that we engage in. And and so as we see these things happening more and more too, as we see children who are struggling in school and parents are, are not sure how to best support, what are some of the um, opportunities that you see across the school district that you support that might help parents, uh, help children stay on track with their their learning and their academics okay that's a very good question um i want to piggyback on a couple of things that uh, um, amanda said so 
during Mental Health Awareness Month, we did offer workshops to parents about more than SAD because that's something that's really important. A lot of times parents feel like their children are just going through these stages. So he's yes. in middle school, it's just age, it's just this, it's just that. But they really are more than SAD and they come with such mm-hmm. traumatic experiences now. So I think it's important for parents to take that more than SAD training so they can learn yeah. this, my child, is having a little bit more of an issue. Now, what if I don't have time? Because you're not busy <laughs> going through the drive-through, all of these things. Uh, I have um, uh, maybe a job and a part-time job. Things are happening, and I want to make to I want to get to the school and be involved. Are there some online opportunities for this training? We've heard others speak of this training. Are there online opportunities yes. that we can share? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, absolutely. We can offer the training virtually if that would make it easier for folks to Wonderful. Join well, we want to share more information about that. Okay. How about tutoring? Anything happening out there to help parents uh, with tutorial services or my child just doesn't want to go to school what happens so we have the church-based tutorial program and then we also have um, the boys and girls club has an after-school program that they run through some of the schools and we are currently in our department pulling together all of the out-of-school time resources because not only after school you have to think about before school care and things like that because parents are working shift work so we are right now pulling together all those resources and we don't want to just put it in a manual for principals to sit on the shelf we actually want to talk about it at different meetings and have like a resource fair there at the at the school or at the different schools Um, parents are more willing to come out if it's at their school versus one big thing at Woodrow so we're trying to plan those things out now Um, I met with a young lady yesterday Casey Cunningham she supported Johnson on their PBIS positive behavior celebration the other day so we're going to do some work with her Um, she has a program like mother like daughter and then she has another program like Father Like Son. And as we were talking, she just named out all these things that are available in the Danville area. And it's about us, student supports, getting out, learning about these programs, and sharing them in such a way that people know they're meaningful, not in a three-ring binder that's just sitting on the shelf. Well, I've heard a little bit about um, uh, people in the community just stepping up to the plate, mm-hmm. filling in the gap doing what's necessary. You mentioned PPIS or positive behavioral interventions. What is that exactly? So that is where we we understand it in the in the school system. If a child is not behaving, if you don't have good classroom management, no learning will occur. <laughs> So positive behavior supports is where you put in um, put supports in place um, so it can be a reward-based system. You try not to have it being punitive, a rewards-based system. You set up a matrix at each school with your expectations. For example, I worked at a school and we were the Lions, so we had ROAR, and you have your bathroom expectations, hallway, classroom, um, and any other of your common areas. And you want expectations of how kids are supposed to act in those various places. The next thing we want to do is have lesson plans, like common lesson plans. So everybody at Johnson is at 11 o'clock talking about lunchroom expectations. So when they go to the lunchroom, we all know that this is our expectation on how we act. And then you might have some celebrations. For example, like I said, Johnson had a really nice celebration the other day where they had people from the community come in. They did nail designs for the girls, haircuts for the boys. They had um, like a party. It was a really nice event. I, I didn't go, but I saw it online. And that's when I reached out to her. I was like, this, this young lady can really help me a lot. And she wants to do it in more places. So um, Principal Johnson is going to talk about it at the next principal's meeting so we can get some more people involved to help And so that. I've heard lots of, of programs and things going on with your uh, group, Amanda. 
at DPCS and lots of opportunities mm -hmm. here in the school district and our student services, it sounds just like a lot to add to what I've already got going on. Uh, so let's, let's dig deeper into the resources that are most used. So Amanda, at DPCS, certainly there are programs and opportunities uh, that, that seem to be more useful and used more than others. Can you identify a couple of those? Well, I would say that the most used subs, the service that we provide would be case management. Now, now you mentioned case management. Mm -hmm. That sounds like, again, one of those social services yes, terms. It one does, of those, it is. somebody's <laughs> going to manage me and get in my... <laughs> you know, home and, mm -hmm. and, and judge me. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes, I think case managers is one <clears throat> of the most valuable services that we can offer to a family because it is really meeting the individual or the family, again, where they're at and um, assessing what are the needs, developing a plan to help to uh, map out their needs and identifying the resources because we've talked about right we've talked about so many resources that's in our community and oftentimes our case managers are the ones who know the most about what's out there what's available how i can get you connected if they don't know it's their job to go find out or find well, that what, service what if i'm afraid that you know i know things aren't going so well mm -hmm. right and, and I'm fearful. This case management thing sounds like, you know, I as a parent. Yes. You know? And we certainly understand that because sometimes they've had bad experiences. But I think uh, what's important for everyone to know is that a case manager is there to help you, not to, to harm or get anyone in trouble or, or anything like that. It's, that's not their job. Their, their job is, is to help them. And, and if they come in and see, they'll they'll see that the case manager really is, has their best interest and can be an advocate for them. Now, so does anyone qualify for that or, or, or do <laughs> I have to have certain circumstances and referrals? Can anyone just walk in and, and see the great Amanda Oates and get a case <laughs> manager? How I wish it was that simple. How does that work? <laughs> I wish it was that simple. Um, all of our services now go through what we call rapid access and okay. I know that sounds right. like a really rapid. interesting term right. or or some CSBs will call them same day access services and so we're really excited that now you can come to our building at 245 Hairston Street Monday through Thursday from 8.30 to 12, 11.30, um, 12, and be seen that day. So if you feel that you're in crisis, or, or mm -hmm. maybe not in crisis, but you feel there are lots of things going on in the home and, and you're losing some level of, of control and you need some mm -hmm. support, uh, you can go to 245 Harrison Street in Danville, mm -hmm. Virginia and go through a rapid access process and see someone mm -hmm. and a case manager will be assigned to provide that support. So what will happen is at the point of coming in they will do the assessments, the intakes and the assessments, identify is case management a service that you would be eligible for. It may need, you may need more intensive services like a clinician or psychiatry <coughs> appointment or medication those kinds of things. So they will determine 
what services is needed and if we can provide it in-house it will be provided in-house sometimes it's a service that they need that may be outside of DPCS and that that they will connect them to that service well Amanda you you are so pleasant and charming and I know that if they <laughs> were to meet you they would right away feel comfortable so I do mm -hmm. know and want to encourage people Thank to think you. about that. Mm -hmm. Dr. Tud, we know here on the school side, we work a lot with DCPS, our Danville, Pennsylvania County Community Services uh, team over there. And when you're working with them, you have several people on staff. Uh, they meet on a regular basis about children when they're not being successful in that process oftentimes yields resources that are needed. What resources do you see uh, our parents asking for or, or, or schools asking for on behalf of children uh, most often? Thanks for listening. Next week, we'll pick back up with Amanda, Dr. Tut, and Dr. Harrison as we talk about some surprising problems that student services addresses and advice on what you can do to help. You can call DPCS at 434-799-0456 or visit them at 245 Harrison Street. You can also contact DPS Student Support Services at 434-773-8226. We hope that this discussion so far has been informative and helpful and encourage you to take your notes and pass them on. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And until next time, we'll see you in the halls.